everyone, it's Tony. It's David. And, and we're, we're two dudes, dudes talking Disney. Disney. It's so nice when we're together. I know. It just it's, it flows. It's like so peaches and herb it reunited. Is. It, it is. feels so good. How you doing? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Enjoying the weather? Oh, yeah. It's a brisk, what, 24 degrees I, outside? Yeah, yeah, really. I just walked in in shorts, and uh, <laughs> it's a little cold. But uh, what are we going to talk about today? All right. So um, we're going to do a review of pre-shows before the rides at the in Disney World. Maybe maybe we'll talk about other ones. All right. So it's, it's not bad enough that we give people ride reviews. Now we're going to review pre-shows. Yes. We're going to tell them what they see before the ride. Excellent. Pre-shows, uh, some of my favorite pre-shows um, are actually better than the ride to me. Okay. Uh, a, a good pre-show can make or break a ride. Correct. And, uh, you know, so we figured we'd start off with what our definition of a pre-show is. All right. All right. Um, so what is our definition? You you have to stop. It has to be something informative or funny that grabs your attention prior to the ride. Correct. And the, and the purpose of the pre-show is obviously... Simply to make your time waiting pass a little bit more enjoyable. Right. Because we know that, you know, from our experience going to Disney in the 70s and some of us in the 80s, uh, before Fast Passes, you had to wait in the line. Correct. And lines kind of stink. There's there's no getting around that. And, you know, s- certain rides uh, at Disney World, uh, Pirates, you know, David mentioned the Jungle Cruise. Peter you know, Pan. Peter Pan. Well, the new Peter the Pan. The new Peter right, yeah. Um, you know, they found ways to grab your attention uh, during uh, during the line. Correct. While and, you're waiting. And, um, you know, over the years, they've found ways to enhance that, to plus it up. Peter Pan, for example. Uh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad with the interactive queue. Haunted Mansion, which has a pre-show and an interactive queue. Uh, so those are pretty cool. I would, I would argue to say, too, that the Haunted Mansion is probably the first Disney park ride. To to have its have a true pre show, mm-hmm. um, you know, which I think we'll we'll talk about in a minute. It's probably one of the best too. Yes. So, yes. Um, so yeah. So you know, you don't think it's part of the attraction. Sometimes it's the safety spiel. Sometimes it's the safety spiel and uh, a you know a, a description of what's going to occur on the ride, or it or it's part of the story of the ride. Sometimes it's a combination of both. Um, right. And and it seemed like in the 90s and early 2000s, the pre-shows were a combination of both. And they got some pretty big-name talent to work on those. Um, and uh, Dave and I thought we'd share some of our favorites with you. And and along the way, maybe we're going to give you some of our not-so-favorites. Yeah, you know, I mean, again, the purpose of the pre-show is to enjoy the line and to kind of make your time go by a little bit more and to be a little bit more informative and even get, you know, like the safety spiel out of the way. And give the the rider a little taste of what's coming up, right? You know, um, so I guess we're gonna we're gonna start like always in the Magic Kingdom, yes. Uh, and we'll we'll begin our our journey there. So, uh, what do you uh, where do you want to start? You want to start? Uh, you want to start the Tiki Room? Let's start with the Tiki Room. Okay, very good. That is a little pre-show. Um, you know, you wait outside. The show is timed. It's what every twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. Every twenty minutes. Um, and while you're waiting there, you see the waterfall, then all of a sudden the waterfall opens, and we're treated to a couple of the birds who talk to you and tell you to get inside, and uh, I don't know. Um, they give you a little pre-show. It's Yeah, it is. It's a, it's, it's a pre-show. You know, they, it's a taste of what's to come. Yeah, that's all. They give you a taste, and, you know, the, uh, the, the it's a lot of people, it's their... You know, when the when the ride was designed, the attraction was designed, it's their first taste of what's coming. 
mm-hmm. and the, the you know to see the animatronic birds and to, to you know, get a little bit of the hint of what you're going to see inside. And I think it does a good job of setting up because, you know, again, taking the time back in the 60s and 70s when it was designed, you know, to see a couple birds outside, you know, fake talking is kind of cool. Well, real talking fake birds. Right, right. Yeah, real talking fake birds. And when you go into the theater and you're surrounded by hundreds of them, it's kind right. of a little overwhelming. And, and, you know, growing up as a kid, you thought it was pretty cool that there was that many. Right. So the, the pre-show did a great job of setting up what was coming. So you, you were kind of like, wow, look, at there's a couple birds here. And then you walked right. in and got, like, holy cow, look at all the birds. Because there's no need for a safety spiel. No, not at all. The, no. Tiki room. Tiki room you know, or, there's no lap bar. There's no, no restraints. <laughs> the only restraints are to keep people from walking out at this point. <laughs> Which many people right. do. But um, And do you think we can talk to Disney about getting that, that the ride made the ride slogan? Real talk, fake birds. Fake birds. Yeah. yeah. Real talk, fake birds. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, that is, uh, that's a pretty decent pre-show. It, mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. Like you, like you said, it sets the tone. Correct. But it's still not my favorite in the park. No, not, not at all. And then. You know, like we we said earlier, like the evolution, you you look at moving right next to the Tiki Bird, like the Jungle Cruise or the Haunted Mansion, they they do have elements in the queue that they don't have a formal pre-show. But like, for example, Haunted Mansion, you know, one line takes you through, you know, the the outskirts of the fort. The other line takes you down into the inner bowels of the fort. You just said Haunted Mansion, but I know. I'm sorry, Pirates. 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 Thank you. Yes. Uh, So there's a lot to see. Right. But it's not the true pre-show. Right. Right. So, it, it's just they're visual elements to give you a little taste of where you are. Correct. And it sets the scene that it's, you know, 17, 1800 uh, Spanish fort. Right. Somewhere on the coast of some island. It would be like 1600. 1600. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If we're being historically accurate. You know, let's be accurate. 1967. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> and, you know, the Jungle Cruise, you know, Dave and I were talking about this before the show. It, it's, it's really our pre-show. We were pre-showing. We were pre-showing before the show. Before we started recording. But, um, you know, the Jungle Cruise, you know, there are some thematic elements of the ride. And you're kind of walking through the Jungle Navigation Company offices. And you see what's going on. But their pre-show is more audio. Yes. There's audio cues. There's jokes that are being, you know, uh, sent out over the airwaves. It's an old-fashioned radio station because, of course, in the 20s and 30s, when, when this took, you know, the Jungle Navigation Company was around... There was no television, so everything was was radio. Correct. And this is a radio broadcast that you caught while you were, you know, in these exotic places. And, uh, you know, it's uh, I call it an audio pre-show. Yeah, I would agree 100% with you there. You know, it, it does grab your attention if you're listening to it. A lot of people don't really notice it. But I, I tend to notice it a lot when we went for the Jingle Cruise. Yes. Because they, you know, they, they do that Christmas overlay. And uh, they bring some holiday elements in, and it's uh, it, it pluses it up a lot. Agreed. And and again, you have some elements of visual, but the 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 corniness of the jokes, you know, it it, it definitely uh, adds to it. Right. As you as you're getting set up for the ride. Yes. So uh, should we go back to the real pre-shows now? Sure. Okay. So I'm, I assume we're going to stick, uh, you know, working our way. Around, around the park. park. Okay. So the next one will be the Haunted Mansion. Then. Yes. Which, um, which is, like Dave says, the, the kind of the granddaddy of them all. Correct. Uh, you know, the, and we're talking about the stretching room, uh, which I guess you could say the Haunted Mansion 2 almost has a pre-pre-show because you have the fireplace gallery. Mm-hmm. And then from there you go into the two stretching rooms. Now, the uniqueness of 
that pre-show originally, and again, Jumping Coast, so when it opened in Disneyland first, the the pre-show was actually not designed for queue line control. In Disneyland, it's an elevator. Right. So, you know, as we know, Disneyland is much more compact. So when they were designing the Haunted Mansion ride, they had to put an elevator in. And that means that the, the stretching room actually does stretch, per se, because it is an elevator. When the Disney World version opened, the pre-show rooms are not elevators. They're, they're on the same level. So right now, especially if you go because of COVID, you just walk through. Right. So the, the stretching room uh, pre-show at the Haunted Mansion, though, it's, it's one of my favorites. It really does set up the ride. Um, and it is, I, I hate to say it, the world we live in nowadays, it's, it's getting to be a little controversial. Uh, you know, the, the image of a person hanging from the right. ceiling at the end is, uh, it's been brought up before online. Is it, is it appropriate still? You know, uh, I mean, when we were kids, it scared the crap out of us. Right. You know, the, the stretching paintings were awesome, mm-hmm. but when the lights shut off and you looked up and saw the shadow right. swaying in the wing and then, you know, and, and it's one of the things too, and I think it's very underrated. I do enjoy the movie. Uh, but it is one of the the features in the movie that they even managed to, to sneak in. Mm-hmm. So one, one of Eddie Murphy's finest works. Yes, yes, yes. yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> right up there with Pluto Mars. Right. <laughs> so I I would definitely say that the the haunted mansion is the the granddaddy of them that set the bar mm-hmm. for what the pre show is what's expected of it. And again, what what makes it odd is it was out of necessity. It was right. designed right now. You know, there, there's nothing worse in a pre show. But there's always that one guy in every pre-show or girl that has to mouth the entire, the entire thing. thing, the entire right. thing, right? Like, yeah. okay, I want to listen to Orson Welles doing it. Right. I want to, you know, I don't, I don't need you to go along and no, do it with him. No. Like, I mean, I can't say I haven't done it before. Right. You know, sometimes well, we are that right. guy. Right. Sometimes we are that guy. But it's annoying when somebody else does it. Now, not only do they have the pre-show at the Haunted Mansion, but they did put in the interactive queue uh, a number of years ago. Yes. And uh, the queue actually splits off. Uh, much like the Pirates of the Caribbean, the queue splits into two. Uh, there is one part of the queue that goes directly to the, uh, the doors of the mansion, and then the other queue, which winds a little bit through the uh, cemetery area and the statuary um, and has some interactive elements out there. So that, that's a, a nice little plus that they did. Correct. And uh, if I recall correctly, the straight shot is the fast pass? Yes. The, the, the straight shot line. is the fast right. pass. The cemetery is the... It's hard, stand, to, hard, stand to, by line. hard to remember that, you know. Yeah. It's been so long. Yeah. We, um, we haven't dealt with a fast pass no. line in a well. You did. Right. <laughs> but that's a whole other story. Um, so then uh, those are our, our two with the Haunted Mansion. Yes. Or, or excuse me, the Magic Kingdom. Uh, honorable mentions to the Bell's Enchanted Tales has okay. a pre-show. I, I have actually never been into Bell's Enchanted I, I'm Tales. I'm glad you said that because it would be, you know, a little bit questionable what you were doing in there. Right, uh, but there is a little pre-show where Belle they talk to the magic mirror, and you kind of mm-hmm. go through, you know, the magic mirror. Uh, very childish compared to the haunted mansion, or right. or even the tiki room. And then I would be remiss if I didn't bring up uh, one of the best pre-shows ever in the in the Magic Kingdom, and that was Stitch's Great Escape. Yes. Uh, the 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 former attraction, which is is it, it's officially dead now. It is officially dead. And uh, there was the pre-show where they explained to you how basically they were using a transporter, and the the oddity or the best part of that show was poor Skippy, the yeah. little helpless alien that they melted 
right. uh, trying to transport him. Yeah, Skippy existed through both Alien Encounter Correct. and he, he, uh, Stitch's Great Escape. You know, uh, he probably holds the distinction of being the only uh, pre-show to survive two rides. But, <laughs> right. Um, so those were really the, the pre-shows. You know, is there a pre-show in Monsters Inc.? I, I, I was, I was just, gonna, I was thinking of that as you were talking, right, I, and you know, once again, I, I think it's more of the audio pre-show. Yeah, it's, it's, it's. I think there is a little bit of TV monitoring, but yeah, and, and it, you know, you do get a little bit of Roz, you get a little bit of Mike, right? But you do get a lot of the announcements of Correct. stuff going on overhead with some of those Monsters Inc. Pixar type touches to it. So, um, I wouldn't call it a, you know, once again, I'd call that an audio pre-show. pre-show. Correct. So I think that's it for the Magic Kingdom. It is, and uh-huh. I'm going to go with uh, my winner. There is is definitely the Haunted, Haunted Mansion. Mansion. Yeah, I think yeah. that we'll we'll easily agree to that one. All right, um, hop on the monorail and uh, take a short ride over to Epcot. Uh, you know, one of the oddities about Epcot, and not even oddity, is right now there is only three pre shows. Um, and you know, as we're as we're as, once again as we're talking, you know, live we 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 got together for a little bit of a pre show, which for us is about six minutes. Um, we have to make a fourth. Because the seas with Nemo and friend has with and friends has a little bit of a pre-show, does it? If you include the the what are the, the minnows, the bait fish who do the, okay, uh, yeah, the I guess word, yeah, the, I was you the, know the picture jumbles. But see, I would say that that's just more of a highly themed queue. But mm-hmm. okay, okay, um, let's go between interactive queue and pre-show. Okay, because it, it does keep your mind off of the fact that you're going through what could be possibly the longest line ever ever in, 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 in a building. Yes, and of course, for the worst is you come in from uh, the outside. And you can't see a thing right. for at least a good five minutes. Right. And and the thing is, uh, last couple of times we've gone, there's been no line. There's no line. You have to go through that entire queue, Correct. which just switches switches back and crisscrosses and takes about seven minutes Correct. to get through. Um, so I guess we'll start uh, off to the left, which uh, with Mission Space. Although if we're if we're bringing up Stitch, we could bring up Universe of Energy. Uh, you know, the old pre-show, that's where you met Bill Nye and Ellen, right. uh, you know, the generous. And, and it, it was entertaining because, too, I think that that was kind of the first. And I, I think the reason we should mention it was that I think that was the first pre-show to involve, like, celebrity talent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you, you, you had that bit of a pre-show at the beginning of there where the, the game show started, which led you into the ride. But that right. was after the tr- attraction was reimagined, I believe, in the late 90s. Um, you know, gone now, and I am sure when when Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Rewind opens, we're going to see a pre-show there. Right. And uh, considering they're going to start filming Guardians 3 very soon, you would assume that that is when they're going to do the uh, pre-show uh, for Guardians, and, and, you know, and, uh, and film that. So I don't think we have any shot of Guardians opening before. No, no. The Guardians, no. I think the roller coaster will be ready, but the the... Again, they need the story elements. Right. And, and in a non-COVID world, you know. I, it would have been done already. Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind would, would have been here for the 50th anniversary. Correct. The filming would have been completed. You know, there was the whole kerfluffle with uh, James Gunn and his little issue with Disney. And then they rehired him. And then COVID came and pushed the filming schedule back. So uh, I think that, you know, you need them to do the pre-show. And that's what happens with a lot of these attractions that involve uh, movie Correct. Uh, talent is these pre-shows like Spider-Man. They film the Spider-Man stuff before, probably before uh, Far From Home. Right. 
or you know during Far during From Home. During Far From Home, absolutely. Uh, so and because they're not going to bring in the Guardians of the Galaxy cast and get them all you know in makeup and suit suit just up to in do costume. that. Just for a pre-show. Correct. It's usually in the course of filming a movie where they'll dedicate, you know, three days to filming the pre-show stuff. Good thing they own it all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, again, now, so we did uh, Universe of Energy. So, obviously, quick mention of General Knowledge, which mm-hmm. was the pre-show for the old Cranium Command. Yes. Uh, and that was, you know, there, back when Body Wars and the Wonders of Life Pavilion was open, Body Wars kind of similar to uh, Star Tours. It had a little pre-show, but Cranium Command... I think it was a, an underrated fan favorite in the Walt Disney Parks for attractions. And it had a, a five-minute you know, or so pre-show where it gave you you know, the ins and outs of the, the, the storyline and what Cranium Command was, and it took you to the training center. And, again, general knowledge was your tour guide through that. Right. Uh, which is actually, told when we were just there last week, there, were, uh, there, was, a lot of, there was actually a lot of work going on on the roof. Mm-hmm. Of uh, the Wonders of Life Pavilion. The play pavilion. soon to be the Play Pavilion. Well, so. maybe the Play Pavilion. Yeah, who knows this week. Yeah. Um, next, we have Mission Space. Yes. Which, uh, you know, one of the, uh, again, uh, brought some big star power in when the attraction opened. Right, which was great because right Gary up. Sinise, who doesn't want to see Gary Sinise? Correct. In and it was right off the heels of Apollo 13. Mm-hmm. So you had Gary Sinise, you know, kind of hot off the heels of Apollo 13 with his pre-show about the mission to Mars. Uh, I, I know that, if I remember correctly, there was an issue with them saving the original uh, film. And that the basically, they didn't have the high-quality copy to continue copying, so they were making copies of copies. Oh, and it was, it was you know, degrading. degrading over time. So they reshot it uh, a few years ago, but this time, you know, lesser-known cast. And But uh, one of the things I found unique about the re-theming of that pre-show was that the script never changed. Mm-hmm. You know, so even though it was a different actors different pre-show the script was verbatim the previous script okay so yeah i have not been in it since the uh, pre-show has been uh, switched over right and that switched over in 2017 and uh, gary sinise was swapped out for uh, gina torres uh, who ended up being the big name uh, in that one um so all right now to the most controversial one that we're going yes. to so test track yes um you know, Tony and I have had this discussion a million times. If there's one ride that they've ruined in all of Walt Disney World, uh, it, it would be Test Track would be very high on that list. And you know, I still refer to it as Tron Track. Okay, right, right. It, it, I don't understand the ride. I was actually on it last week as we were weaving through, and I was just thinking how the ride just makes no sense. No, you know, and and this even like, you know, the old ride. So the, the origin of the ride, as we all know, the original test track built in the late uh, 2000, it came out, right? Mm-hmm. It was built for the, um, it was by General Motors, and it, it was, you were going to be a crash test dummy. Yep. And, you know, the original one, they went through the process of how they do the crash testing. Even the queue line before the pre-show showed you elements of crash tests and some of the tests they did, even like things like oh, how they, they broke in the seats, how they, they, they swung the sledgehammer right, into, into the windshield, you know? You know? And, and they, they kind of went through... If you remember the pre-show had the two ride operators, um, you know Bill and Sherry. Bill and Sherry, and they they set up your test track mm-hmm. and uh, they picked your Belgian blocks. They picked your different. You know you're gonna do some turns. You're gonna go through some environmental tests. Uh, which uh, which of those tests would you do, Tone? I want you to put up two, five, and seven. Seven? Yeah, seven. Okay. And uh, the ride just made so much more sense. You know it did. 
I just I wish they'd admit that they were wrong. I I would argue the fact that that ride from the minute you walked into the door to get into the queue was perfection. Right. Because the queue flowed seamlessly into the uh, pre-show area. The pre-show set up could not set up the ride any more perfect. Here's what you're doing. We're in a test uh, vehicle test facility. We're setting up the test. You're going to ride the vehicle. Here's the test you're experiencing. Now go get in your car. Right. You know, it could not have been any smoother. Um, and, you know, sometimes you get into some of these pre-shows or these cues and it's just like, why is this element here? But you knew when you were walking through the test track queue, with the exception of the music, which was kind of grating Correct. on you, um, you know, that it was a test center. They had broken seats, broken seat belts. They did seat belt tests. They did door tests. They did windshield tests. You were in a testing facility. Right. And I, 100%. Think, I think it was the perfect mix of queue, pre-show, and attraction. A- absolutely. It, it was... I just I can remember the level of disappointment the first time going on it after the reimagining, and like you know you you were designing your own vehicle but you never really understood why and you never right it it was more you know I feel like they forced it mm-hmm. and that was the issue like I think the first time I went through the queue it was great I get to design my own vehicle this is awesome and then all of a sudden you realize that oh we're gonna take your vehicle and this is how it would have performed on this uh, test track well why correct you know. I don't really see like there. there's four different vehicles in this ride vehicle that, you know, you're just, it's a computer simulation. Absolutely. It's it just, and again, like, like we talked about the, the, to me, it just doesn't make sense. Like, no. the, yeah, you, I was thinking of the scene where they tested in the original test track, they tested the anti-lock brakes and explained uh-huh. to you how, if you don't have anti-lock brakes, the brakes could lock up and you'll slide. And that's what would happen. You you'd go right. straight, slide around. And like, in this movie, you you go, you slide, and then like there's like a scene in front of you of like a massive flood coming at you, <laughs> and like it makes no sense. Like, right. Uh, and I, I, again, I just I I find it very irritating, and just it, we we've talked about it so many times. Even the corrosive test rooms, you know, correct. Where, where the, you go the, through the heat, heat and the corrosion, and the corrosion room. Now you go through and it does like you know like scanning your vehicle. And like, right. Right. Uh, but I do say one of the things that I um, I did kind of, you know, uh, find funny is that th- when the movie, when the original ride premiered, the, the actor, uh, John Higgins, was really not known. Now he's like kind of one of those background actors that, okay. you know, um, you've seen him in a lot of different movies. You've seen him, you know, uh, he was on a lot of Seinfeld episodes. He was on, he's kind of one of those actors that's always in the background. You know, he was okay. in Pitch Perfect. He was in... Uh, you know, Scooby-Doo, uh, a lot, million ways to die in the West. He's in just so many movies, but again, we talk about the famous people that are in them and some of the A-list celebrities that were in them. And, right. and it's like, you know, he's one of those guys, like almost like Ron Howard's brother, right? You know, Cliff, he's in the yeah. background of every movie. Yep. And, uh, you know, he was, uh, one of my favorite movies is couple of retreats, couples retreat okay. with Vince Vaughn. And yep. he's the, the therapist oh, in right. that movie. So like, you know, uh, he was Jim Carrey's Yes Man. That's another movie that I I actually for some you know like those movies sometimes you put them on and you can just watch it over. Mm-hmm. That was one of those movies, and it just uh, he was in it. A lot of those movies just in the background playing a small minor part, but he uh, he was one of the original. You know, he was the original Test Track guy, right? So, um, so that's it for Test Track. 
right? Yes. We've ripped we've, that apart. We've ripped that apart. I despise it. At this point, I just want to walk in, get on the ride, and get off. Mm. I don't even want to go through the pre-show. No. Can I go single rider line so I, I can You could. Avoid you could do that right now. Let me cross that one off the list. All right. So, uh, again, long gone, not forgotten, honorable mention, if you will. Uh, I think two of the most uh, informative pre-shows over the years were the uh, pre-show for Captain EO. Mm-hmm. Which gave it a, a very, you know, uh, interesting take on uh, how they made the the attraction and how it was put together, and it was, if, uh, you know, one of the things that I was I was actually trying to explain to somebody today, the Captain EO at the time. You know, you have to put yourself back in the mid nineteen eighties, right? You know, Michael Jackson, you know, was the biggest thing in the world, and to, for him to now team up with uh, Francis Ford Coppola and then um, is it Spielberg or Lucas? Yes. Which one? One of them. Uh, <laughs> and, and create this movie. You know, they're, they're fresh off of their huge 80s hits. Yep. You know, uh, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and then uh, Michael Jackson together. It was just an incredible, uh, incredible, incredible pre-show too. And mm-hmm. great, I was a big fan of Captain EO. Uh, you know, great story, great, great attraction in Epcot. And then it went from there to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And the pre-show there was, uh, do you remember what the pre-show was? It was the Inventor of the Year Award. No, I, I want to say there was a musical. Well, the first off, they had the um, uh, Colors of the Wind. Colors of the wor- World of Color, yeah. Colors, colors of the Wind. It's a Cindy Lauper song. Okay. True Colors. True Colors. That's yes. True Colors. I knew we would get it. This is us doing extensive research for you, the viewer. Uh, True Colors was the uh, because it was of course the Imagination Pavilion was sponsored by by Kodak. Kodak. Yeah. So they had the uh, the True Colors song going on, sung not by Cindy Lauper, Um, but uh, and it just you know the glorious photos of Kodak. Yes. Uh, But then the pre-show was there was another pre-show component where Dr. Nigel Channing came out. Correct. And talked about the Inventor of the Year Award and how it was getting ready to be presented to uh, Dr. Wayne Selinsky from the Honey, I Shrunk Me series. Um, And then, of course, that ended up tying into the new Figment ride. But uh, I thought it was a good pre-show. Yes. Um, I, you know, still True Colors. That's on the Epcot, uh, the Millennium, well, Disney World Millennium Celebration album. Okay. That is on there. It's still one of my favorite songs on that, uh, along with O Canada, the O Canada uh, song. Um, you know, fly your, your golden wings. No, no that's, that's America. America. Yeah, that's spread your me. golden wings. Spread your golden yes. wings. And then... Uh, yeah, yeah, once again, my research is... That's failed. okay. Yeah, re- it's hap- it happens all the time here on the show. We should take notes. We should probably take notes. We should do some more better better Wikipedia. Um, one one thing, too, go back to my, my Captain EO. I have one thing I want to remember. If I remember correctly... And I'm, I'm Googling as I talk. At the time it was made, it was the most expensive film ever produced. Wow. And I believe, so hold on, let me read, let me, it was about $1.7 million per minute of film. Hmm. And it was, the, so it was the most expensive uh, video. And I believe that was then exceeded by WandaVision. Yes. <laughs> to produce. So, uh, and again, that those, so mentioning those. Now let's move on to everyone's favorite pre-show host, Patrick. Patrick. Uh, Soren. Yes. Soren around the world. Soren, same pre-show. Yep. Uh, with the exception of the uh, destination yes. part of the video. Um, but Patrick Warburton as Patrick, the flight attendant, 
classic. Classic. It, it really it, it brought pre-shows to kind of another level. It, it took did. him in a different direction, you know, because it was it was him as a person playing a role, you know, of the the flight attendant who was goofy, right. And it was also somewhat of a more, I don't know, more sophisticated version of his David Putty character from Seinfeld. Yes. You know, he's just got that deadpan delivery. Um, and it's, it's I, I can watch that pre-show. I don't mind sitting through no, that pre-show no. twice. I would agree 100% with you. I think Soren is kind of the, the one of the better ones to come along. Now, the, the funny thing I learned was that he was not the original choice. For, really? For the uh, flight attendant. Who was? The flight attendant was going to be a fellow by the name of John, whose last name happens to be Travolta, because John Travolta, of course, well, if you know about John Travolta, you know that he has his pilot's license. He's he a can big actually pilot, pilot yes. like a 747. Um, he's gotten up to that level. Uh, and he was very big. Uh, and they said, well, Soren, planes, Travolta. John Travolta. Right. And he was going to do it, but he was uh, hampered by filming a little movie by the name of Pulp Fiction, I believe. Okay. So if not for Pulp Fiction, we would not have ended up with uh, uh, Patrick. So That is some Disney trivia that even I did not know. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah so I think that uh, definitely Soren is my favorite pre-show in all of the parks. Well, yeah, in all the parks. Okay. And, and definitely in Epcot. And, uh, you know, the scene where he tells the guy, you know, you're going to have to store these little beauties. These little beauties. Uh, Good work, pal. Yeah. It's, and with the thumbs up. With the like, thumbs up. Do you give, like, are you like me when he gives the thumbs up? You give up, the you thumbs up back? The thumbs oh, God, yeah, you got it. I mean, it's, you know. And then your daughters roll their eyes at you and your wife just shakes her head. Correct. Which happens to us a lot. All right. So let's see. Let me, let me look at the list here. Soren, we did that. Test track, we did that. We have now managed to bore everyone for just under a half an hour. All right. So moving on to Hollywood Studios. I don't think we're going to get to Disneyland. So what we can do is wrap it up right now and then do pre-shows part two for our next episode. Okay. All right. That yeah. sound good? All right. So until next episode, I'm Tony. I'm David. And, and we're, we're Two Dudes, dudes Talking Disney. Disney.